Hello, and welcome to the Common Sense Wellness Network's podcast. I am your co-host, Timothy Crumley, and I'm here with co-host Emma Cranston. Uh, we are returning after, well, once again, a little bit of a hiatus. And uh, today we'll be talking about year-end items, uh, including the holidays, navigating holiday-related dynamics, uh, but also stuff going on on the larger level, talking about student loan-related uh, stressors, uh, things going on in the world, uh, the ongoing pandemic and navigating uh, physical health and viruses, just all the stuff, all the stuff in the news. Uh, But first, here is a little bit more about our group. The Common Sense Wellness Network is a group of practitioners comprised mainly of mental health counselors, social workers, and nurse practitioners serving clients within New York State. We are primarily a tele-based practice, although we do also offer in-person services, and we've been in operation since the summer of 2018. You can find out more about us on our website at www.commonsensemh.com. Thanks. All right, let's dive in. Emma, thank you for joining today. Thank you for your patience and uh, leading up to our coming back together. <laughs> it has been a minute. <laughs> yes, it has. And thank you for your patience too. That was both of us. Um, <laughs> yes, a lot has been going on. And it was funny. Uh, it's just to to those listening, uh, Emma and I were just talking right before we started, uh, figuring out how long it had been. Because I think, I can't speak for Emma, but I know I came in thinking that we had only been off for like a month or two, which yeah. seems silly looking at it. It was like, no, our last podcast was posted in mid-September. Um, and a lot has happened, which we can catch up on a little bit. And then I think we're going to just touch on some year-end stuff that our clients are navigating and ongoing collective traumas in our lovely society here. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, just real quick, Emma. How have you been? How have things been since we last uh, met? It's it's been something. Um, I think in our previous episode, yeah, it was posted in September, so I must have already been sharing that. Like my husband and I bought a house and all of that fun stuff. Um, but PSA to anybody listening, there is so much longer of a transition and settling in period than I thought. And I probably joked about this in the last episode about like, oh, I thought I'd be all unpacked in a week or something. But oh my goodness, I was just telling Tim prior to starting our recording just last weekend, which is, you know, the beginning of December from the time that we're recording this, just at the beginning of December, have I started to finally feel like I have my systems in place at home and I've built routines and like, I know what I'm doing in my house kind of a thing. So it has been, you know, of course, a very wonderful transition, but it has been a doozy. (laughs) Um, So I've been well, like I've been for the most part enjoying it. It's just a a different kind of stress, I guess, than I had navigated previously. So, you know, we're coming out the other side, things are going really well. But man, <laughs> I guess I needed to break from the pot. Like some things just needed to be put down, I guess. <laughs> yeah, 100%. That, I mean, just someone hearing that, Emma, that makes a lot of sense and is completely understandable, especially moving into, moving period, but then moving into a new yeah, house. Right. Um, that is, that's a big deal. And yeah, I would imagine yeah. it takes, you know, months to get actually fully settled into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm. But, you know, all good things for the most part, but... Good. Definitely some settling in. <laughs> yes, yes. 
How about so, you? How have you been since our previous recording? Good, good. I've been good. Um, yeah, a lot has been going on. Um, been busy with work stuff, busy with common sense, busy with my practice, a lot of year-end wrap-up stuff that I'm having to manage and some transitions, you know, all good, but, you know, transitions going into next year. Uh, and uh, uh, I did, which I'm sure we talked about this in the podcast leading up to it, I did uh, get married at the end of September. Uh, so that we finally tied the knot and uh, Carlos and I are are married. Uh, so that's been lovely. People have asked, you know, how does it feel finally being married? And I joke that it's it's similar, and I don't know if, if you know, people who are, are uh, listening can relate to this, but it's similar to when um, you have your birthday and people go, do you feel older? And you're like, no, not really. I feel the same as they did yesterday. That's kind of how this has been. It's like our routine is the same. I mean, we were together going on nine years when we finally got married. So, I mean, it was, we've basically been operationally married so to speak um so yeah it's it's uh you know but it's been positive the wedding went very well and we are into our roof back in our routine and yeah there was a little bit of a quick drama with uh when we got back uh uh, one of our close friends who was in the wedding party sent all the materials that were set up in the wedding such as um we had people write little notes that went into Mm -hmm. uh, these larger wine bottles that then get saved and we can read the notes later on and one of the bottles in shipping broke which is not a big deal there were several of them um but the notes that were in that broken wine bottle we get the package and i start opening it and i just start reading the notes and carlos was like wait a minute you're not supposed to read those yet and we got into a bit of an argument over it um and yeah anyway so but uh, otherwise very smooth <laughs> getting back into things um yeah, he's like, you're supposed to like read those in like five or ten years, and I'm like, oh, oops, I read. I only read like five of them, but uh, yeah. That's so, so funny, <laughs> it's such a, like Tim and Carlos thing. Like Carlos <laughs> following the rules, and Tim is over here like, well, it's available. Yeah, I'm like, well, the bottle broke, so you know why not? <laughs> uh, but I, I stuffed them into other bottles and, and put them in storage, so you know we'll come back to them. Whenever, nice yes, yeah, whenever Carlos sees fit, we'll uh, we'll return to them. But uh, no, it's been going very well. Carlos decided to take my name, which was completely up to him, and has meant a lot to me and, and to to my side of the family. Uh, but so he's been going through the process of his name change, and um, which is interesting because just to make a note of this, that the name change process, you could see just how integrated. I'm going to get kind of social justice for a second, but you can see how like integrated the name change process is with getting married because we, we filled out paperwork at the courthouse prior to getting married. And then we had to do it with our officiant and send things back and forth with the town that we got married in. But basically once you fill it out on that paperwork and you indicate your name before and after that name after that, that's the name change. That's it. Um, mm-hmm. We had to stand in front of a judge very quickly when we were doing the paperwork prior. Um, but that was also, I think, just the way that town does it. You don't necessarily do that when you're getting married. I, I don't know if you did or not. But like, no, I didn't have any judge. No, and, and I think they did it because the judge happened to be in. So they were like, hey, we can just do it with her directly. Let's just take you into the courtroom for a second. But that wasn't that wasn't even the officiating. Like That was just her giving us and processing the, the pre-paperwork. Mm-hmm. My point being, though, is that generally you're filling out a couple of forms with the court or with the town court and you're indicating your name before and after and that's that and then once it's officiated and they send you back the final marriage certificate that's your proof and i'm just thinking of the process that 
a number of my clients, and specifically clients who are trans, who have had to go through with this, where they're having to publish things in the paper, they're having to, and granted this changes all the time, so I know some places have updated, some haven't, but like there's like an 18 step process where they're having to go in front of a judge, and and I'm like, yeah, when you get married, it's just one one shot, and then you have it, and now all Carlos has to do is send copies of this marriage certificate to government entities, the bank, and give it a few weeks and then they, you know, he got his, his ID updated already. So his, his, you know, state ID in Texas has the correct name. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was very quick. Um, and now he's dealing with social security, which is a little bit more of a beast, but same deal though. Like that certificate is all he needs to make mm-hmm. that change happen. So just kind of just thinking about that, the privilege around marriage with that and like just how, you know, ingrained our society is with that. It was, it's mm-hmm. so streamlined and I'm like, what if somebody just gets their name changed outside of marriage? Like, why is it such a different process and right. so much more complicated? Um, mm-hmm. But just my thoughts on it. But yeah, that's he's been going through that. So that's been the big kind of focus since the wedding has been uh, getting his, his stuff updated. But It's enough of a headache just post-marriage to try to, you know, every single thing ever that's ever been in your name suddenly you <laughs> have to remember and go and contact every single one of them. Such a headache in and of itself but still such a privilege comparatively. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. And and not to say, and that's a good point. Cause not to say Carlos is having to put in labor to definitely get these things updated, you know? So that, that's real. Um, but yeah, like that, that was a justification though. Just like, yeah, here's the thing. That's right. Whatever. Thanks. Bye. And even as a, as a, you know, gay couple, even with two, you know, quote unquote male or more Mm -hmm. masculine, base or however mm-hmm. you want to say it but like two names that imply two men um right. on the marriage certificate we haven't run into any problems it's been very smooth um i'm sure that's not the case everywhere but like you know for us thankfully that you know that's been fine as well so like yeah it's it really was telling just yeah. how different that is versus again people i know personally and i know as my clients that mm-hmm. have gone through you know just a lot of steps um mm-hmm. to get that done and then, yeah, and then have to justify it. Like, you, that's a good word. He's not having to, like, explain to people. It's like, oh, you got married, of course. Boom. Right. That's it. Right. Yeah. How frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's been what's new on my end. Um, yeah, that's, that's been the big thing. Yeah. Man, we went through a bunch of transitions recently, huh? Yeah. And, you know, I feel a little bit better about the time we took off in the podcast. Not that I was feeling bad about it. In that context, it is a little bit more like, yeah, you guys might have had some other stuff on your plate. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Buying a house, getting married, you know. Yeah. (laughs) Kind of big life transitions. That's right. It takes up some time. (laughs) That's right. Um, Yeah. But, yeah, in terms of what's going on right now in the mm-hmm. news and um i guess in in your work i'm on i can share what i'm hearing too but in your work with clients and just in general um like what is that looking like right now early december 2022 what's happening it, it's been looking like an increased stress period of time mm. um I, I was kind of reflecting recently that like huh this is a lot that's been uh, going on, being navigated. I feel like part of that is totally also influenced that I have a good chunk of clients who are like personally going through some of their own transitions, whether it's, you know, um, relationship stuff, um, housing stuff, just, you know, similar transitions to what you and I have been going through the last mm-hmm. few months. Um, I have a good, good chunk of clients who are just going through similar things now. So just... Mm which I guess the timing is impeccable because I'm like, oh, 
hashtag relatable, but man. Yeah, <laughs> yes. A sure. lot. Um, mm. I, gosh, if I had to just describe my caseload right now, I'm stressed. Yeah. <laughs> would be yes. just the summation. Mm-hmm. Um, what about your caseload? How's it going? Uh, no, very similar. And I chuckled when you first shared that because the way you said that kind of like high, it, that was a very uh, polite, very uh, <laughs> sort of nice way of putting that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's hard because I feel like, you know, a lot of, I'm going to step back even further than this. Um, a lot of my career as a therapist has mm-hmm. been, has been like some form of this and it just got amplified I know, again, we, we, we pick on COVID, but like, uh, but for good reason, you know, it got amplified in COVID. Um, but like, you know, yeah, my client's navigating severe, you know, anxiety and depressive mm-hmm. symptoms. And, and yeah, there's definitely clinical components to this and ways of, you know, cognitive, you know, taking cognitive approaches to it and medication. And there's a clinical piece to it, of course. But then there's been this sense of like, for a lot of these clients and people I'm working with, they're responding to the environment, they're responding to their circumstances. And it does, I mean, it feels like throughout my career, it's been a lot of this like, you know, this financial, uh, definitely financial stress, but also like world events, right? Just Mm -hmm. like nonstop, like collective trauma after collective trauma. Yeah. And uh, so definitely similar to what you're saying, Emma, I think. And, and I'm just kind of reflecting on that and, and what that means. Because I, uh, and I think similar for you timeline-wise, maybe slightly later. But um, I know for me, like, I've been seeing clients since the beginning of 2014. I have, mm-hmm. you know, actively engaged in sessions with clients in, in whatever setting. Um, so thinking about where things were at back then and in the mid-2010s and even in the later 2010s, um, I mean, there was stuff like this then too, like working with clients where it's like, yeah, I, I work a full-time job and um, I'm doing all the things, checking the boxes and I can barely afford my rent and I don't see where I'm going to be able to save any money over the next 10 years. And when am I going to be able to level up and do things like buy a house and save money and, and like really asking these like larger questions, even when they're doing all the right things. And even yeah, when they're not, you know, very good questions. Yeah. Like I remember like this kind of being a thing in 2015 and then it was like, and, and, and I know it was a thing well before that, too. This has been of kind of decades in the making. But now in 2022, going into 2023, it's, it's, um, it hasn't gotten better and it's only proceeded to get worse. So I, there's a lot of economic stress right now. And at the end of the year, um, I know we've been talking a lot about student loans. We were chatting about this before the podcast. But um, clients that are stressed out about what's going to happen with their loans, their student loans. And one, one other thing I'll add, um, and I'll stop talking for a second, uh, I got into a really, it was actually really, um, I, I thought it was very positive because it was, and I won't say who or identify here, but I got into a conversation with family recently when I was visiting home and got into a conversation with family about ongoing events and the economy and kind of kind of how to make sense of just all the upheaval that's happening. Mm-hmm. And for the family that I'm talking with, their narrative is kind of like, you know, well, what's going on with like the millennials and, and, and uh, Gen Z? Why? Why, why are you guys so upset? They, they don't say it like that, but like, that's kind of the undertone. Like, <laughs> that's the tone. <laughs> like, 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 like what's, what's wrong? Like, what's, you know, and, um, but they were like asking me. So like, I felt like they were wanting to hear my opinion on this. They know that I, you know, for what I do for a living, I'm talking to people and I'm yeah. hearing what's going on for them. And, um, so, and we had a really productive conversation and they're more on the, on the conservative end politically on mm-hmm. things, but you know, I'm, I'm saying, listen, like I, and this is true. I have clients right now who are doing so much to, 
not just make ends meet, but to be consistent with it to, you know, who are sitting there going, listen, like, I know I need to save. I know I, I need to, at some point, not that I'm going to get this right off the bat, but I need to work towards having assets and towards buying a house and, and things like this, right? Things that like we're taught, you know, that this is the goal and mm-hmm. our system and capitalism sets it up so that that's where you want to end up because that's how you can maneuver and, and do more things and, you know, mm-hmm. find, and find security, right? And that's, that's, I think, a lot of what my clients are struggling to establish, even when they're doing all the right things, is yeah. a sense of security, a sense of financial yeah. security. And it's it's almost like, it's all, another way I think about it too, is almost like a death by a thousand cuts, right? It's like, it's not just the student loans, right? That is, you know, our generation is by far the most saddled with this than any previous generation. That is a factor, but that's not the only thing. It's not just the, you know, the income, the wage and, and, you know, and cost of living gap, right? That's mm-hmm. another layer, but it's like, it's all these things combined. And when you keep adding these things up, people can't move, they can't maneuver. And then I think there's the, another component of this where people are, are unfortunately a little bit out of touch. And the one person I was talking with, you know, we were kind of going back and forth. And, and his point was like, you know, well, basically, why doesn't any, why doesn't everybody start their own business and become an entrepreneur? Because that's what this person happened to do. That's part of my story. So kind of saying, why don't people just do what we're doing? And I'm like, most people either can't do that or don't want to do that. And basically, there's this notion of like, even if you want to have like a modest sense of security, a, a modest home, a little bit of land. We're not talking mansions here. We're not talking about luxury mm-hmm. living. Just like you're a little piece of the pie. If you want to establish that, you have to go down this, you have to start a business and become a, you know, uh, right. some sort of, and you know. How, how do I start a business? <laughs> right. How, how do I start a business in? Yes. How long does it take for me to make a livable wage in whatever business yes I first, like what kind of privilege starting, yeah like i remember starting this business and coming to you like hi tim sure i'm gonna do private practice um what does that mean right like, how yes. do i do that yes what, what piece yes. of paper do i need oh i need to be a PLLC. Mm-hmm. who knew that exists like that's right okay just go out and start a business Yes. But make sure you do it appropriately so the IRS isn't coming for your ass. Like, yes. you gotta make sure you got yourself covered or else. Hoo, hoo, hoo. That's right. That's you right. A little, like, it's not like you immediately get thrown in prison or anything. But still. <laughs> it feels like that sometimes. Getting... But yes, right. That's. <laughs> you get those notices. It's like, hi, calm down. Uh huh. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but like, I don't want to get a bunch of penalties. So, yeah. like, okay, I got to set things up mm-hmm. appropriately through the IRS. And oh, wait, what about my state? Yeah. Whatever. Like, Yes. Just go out and start a business is very different than like being a kid going to your neighbors and saying, hey, for 10 bucks, I'll shovel your driveway. Mm-hmm. Yes. No, now you got to have things to claim that all on. Where's That's your right. spreadsheet? Where's your profit and loss statement? And it's like. That's mm-hmm. right. That's right. I mean, that's that's a that's a great point. That it, it's so complicated, right? There's there's a whole, and that's again a topic within within of itself. But yeah, there's a lot of liability. There's a lot of risk. And I was explaining that to this person too. I'm like, you know, listen, like I chose to do this. I'm happy that I did it. As of this point, you know, it's worked out for me overall. But I've had I've navigated my own financial trauma so far. Mm-hmm. I've, I've, there's again the pressure of liability. There's you know there's a lot that comes with it. And mm-hmm. again, like what kind of system? do we want here and do we want something where again this is working for the majority and i really ideally everybody or are we going to you know 
really are we going to settle for a system that's not and so i think the other component with this and i'm using my family as a, a uh, example but i think unfortunately there's a lack of awareness of the landscape right now especially if you're not having to navigate it you know and ha- didn't have to go to school in the 2000s mm-hmm. or navigate the professional mm-hmm. landscape in this way um and uh yes yeah, so with lack of awareness and then for those who are acutely aware they're living it and they're in it and we have i think just a number of factors kind of brewing where it's like where does this lead us ultimately when you have large chunks of the population that are you know insecure or don't have security rather despite everything that they're doing another chunk that's that's kind of just blowing it off and saying oh no you're just making too much of it what is this? And then I think just, that's for a lot of my clients. You know, that's a lot of what the conversation is. It's their own economic stress. And then it's dealing with, you know, mm-hmm. how do I have this conversation with my family? How do I navigate the holidays once again with the established dynamics, but also, you know, this ongoing, like, you know, just sort of uh, disconnect around. Yep. If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. One of the big areas of intervention that I've been using with a good chunk of my clients has been like safety assessment, essentially. Mm, mm. What are the times where you feel most safe? And for a lot of people, when they are having their nice cup of coffee. <laughs> yes. Like I am increasingly oh, I get to that. believe that like, coffee is the answer, man. Yes. A disclaimer, if you super duper struggle with anxiety, don't overdo it on the caffeine. It's not going <laughs> to help you there. But aside from that, yes. like I'm, I don't want to say shocked because I, as I reflected on it, it was like, oh, yeah, I actually love being able to sit down with my coffee in the morning and just, like, be and chill as well. So, like, yeah, I do feel really secure then. Yes. Uh, but for a good chunk of folks, and I'm not talking just, like, trauma history folks that I work with, where, yeah, of course, establishing safety is important. Mm-hmm. But just, like, as people are talking about the collective trauma mm-hmm. of the financial hellscape that they are existing in right now. Yes the upcoming holiday stressors yes there is so much of this like i don't know if it is the associations to coffee making that cup of coffee can have its own meditative process Mm. especially if you're like i don't even know all like an espresso machine kind of person all right like Mm. chemex kind of you know just Mm -hmm. the various coffee accoutrements i don't even know them all um (laughs) More than just a Keurig, although a Keurig can be meditative in and of itself, I'm sure. Yes, um, yes. But, like, something about the warm mug in your hands, I have no idea. Mm. It has become such a thing within my caseload that I've been shocked. So, you know, I know I've been mm. trying to really push folks towards one of the times where you feel most safe, where are the other instances where you can create those pockets for yourself? Because at this mm. point, like, I don't know. I feel like I'm providing counseling around a grocery shopping trip way more than I ever would have thought when I was in grad school. Yes. Yes. Seriously. Yes. I just went grocery shopping before this and I love eating eggs in the morning because eggs are delicious. So I'm buying my dozen eggs for $5. Yeah. And I was just kind of like, yes. Okay. Yes. Like, I really was noticing just today while I was grocery shopping the the privilege in more nutritive eating. Mm. Uh, I have never expected to be providing therapy around somebody's grocery bill yeah. and just like the gatekeeping around more nutritive eating. Yes. If you want yes. eggs, 
five bucks for a dozen. If you want the big container of lettuce, it's like seven or eight bucks. I've been on a salad kick, if you can't tell. <laughs> um, like, and like a cob I've salad, been, it sounds like. Got the eggs. Oh, I've been and... like so here for it. And I was like, oh my gosh, I should get like two huge things of lettuce. Like really yeah. just have a go at it. And then it was kind of like, I'm going to spend $14 on lettuce. That is, yeah. Like, I can't have a salad every day, no matter how obsessed I've been with them. Mm-hmm. Because, like, that's 14 bucks just for the lettuce. Yeah. But you're better put any eggs or, or celery or tomato. Like, yeah. That's yeah. just like one piece of the ingredient. And yes, I know prepackaged salads exist and everything like that, which maybe is, I mean, I feel like they're five bucks each thing or whatever. But just. Not to, oh, also, I want to put a little disclaimer. Not that salad is the only thing that's nutritive eating. That's just been my kick recently. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I have not only eat salads for healthy living or anything like that. Um, I'm doing a lot of work around food stress as well. <laughs> um, mm. With my clients, I mean. Yeah. Um, but if it's something like getting fresh produce, it adds up really fast. Yeah, the quality does. of the produce, and I'm sure this is supply chain issues, shipping delays, all all the stressors that we've now been navigating and normalizing to for years. It's, you know, here's this bag of oranges, but half of them might be going bad. Or mm. here are your zucchini offerings, and, you know, they're not really looking edible. Right. Um, right. There's just such disparity. But I can easily go and, like, you know, grab that can of soup or whatever. Mm. Which is maybe, you know, all those packs of ramen. I know ramen is the one that Stephen eyes the most, but like those packs of ramen that are probably like a dollar nowadays anyways, but yes. still more affordable than the fourteen box fourteen dollar box of lettuce. That's right. Um, yep. There's just even the gatekeeping around food and the financial strain of the disparity between income and living mm. is astonishing. Like if I look to my caseload, I have many folks who are working multiple jobs, so strapped for time because they're working multiple jobs, wanting to, you know, maintain a healthy lifestyle. Maybe they're really trying to get more veggies into their diet, but then that takes time to shop for veggies and prepare the veggies and make all of the meals. So, you know, do I get that? one of those fancy meal delivery kits. Well, now that's an additional financial strain, but it does make it more accessible because, you know, there's the one that has smoothies or whatever. It's juggling all of these pressures. No, make sure you aren't, um, you know, having too much downtime, but also make sure you're prioritizing self-care, but also make sure you're working enough to make money. Also, you should be working to have that six months emergency savings. Also, why aren't you in a house yet? Also, what about your car? What's your car doing? Make sure you're maintaining mm. all of the systems of your, your car, your house. Mm-hmm. Also, exercise uh, however many times a week you're supposed to. I don't even know. All yes. of these, and make sure, of course, your holiday shopping on top of that all yes yes like the financial expectations are staggering Mm -hmm. yes yes They, they really are and i think as you're saying that well a couple of thoughts you know with the food piece 100 i mean and i think you you made this point too but you know those disparities you know, well before the current inflation issue and supply chain issues. Of course, that I mean, that's always been a thing, right? Healthy, healthy food has always been more expensive within our mm-hmm. our economy, um, yep. and that has you know always been a barrier for people who are cash poor. Mm-hmm. 
But yeah, I mean, I had a client actually point out recently, and it's funny the client said this because Carlos and I noted, noted this with each other at some point in recent history too, where uh, the client was like, yeah, you know, I don't generally eat out because I can't afford it. And I don't, I want to budget my money and save it, you know, for the things that I need. Um, but uh, they had actually gone out and gotten, um, I think, uh, I think at that point they got pizza or something, but they had gotten, you know, a couple of large pizzas and they're like, yeah, we got some large pizzas and we actually ate it throughout the week because it ended up actually being about the same as a grocery bill, baby, for the same, like, like number of meals. <laughs> They, they they calculated and figured out that it was and, and I was like that actually makes sense and like you're saying Emma with the salad right think about mm-hmm. all the things you have to buy to make like a, a nice a nice salad mm-hmm. with you know various nutrients and toppings and things in it um, how much more are you spending to make a few of those from the heads of lettuce that you're buying and you know mm-hmm. paying for all, for all the uh, ingredients versus if you got it from like a salad shop or got it from right. which again th- those are overpriced too not that that's a great oh, alternative. Yeah. But it's it's actually gotten it's gotten so bad that it's actually comfortable, and mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so like what is that? And I guess and that's where you know I kind of I kind of laugh when I hear again people who are sort of out of touch with it. But you know I hear the, the joke of like our generation buying too many lattes or we had to have our smartphone. I'm like listen like the avocado toast or the avocado toast right? Yeah. I'm like okay well a couple of things. First off like I know you know these this is usually coming from people who are very entitled themselves right and Mm -hmm. um probably indulge in things on their end too but it's one of those things where it's like yeah but you know you're you're getting you're bragging on somebody for having a you know five ten dollar form of self-care because then that's the other thing here too it's like so you're expecting that that person can't have any because people don't try right it's like it's not it's not like we're like going out and buying luxury cars or going out and buying boats or you know like we're not or you know like People are living very modest budgets and then you're upset that they went to Starbucks or you're upset right. that they pay, you know, part of their monthly phone bill. They pay an extra 25, 30 bucks on their phone bill to have an iPhone. Mm-hmm. That's you're right. Like if they just that's didn't. That's the thing. That's the problem. Yeah. And if they just didn't do that, then they could afford the house. And it's like, mm-hmm. listen, like, listen to this. Like, this is this is all excuses. Like, this is all, you it's know. Ridiculous. Yeah. and But you're right. It's like the, you see it with the food. And then I think. It also speaks, though, to, and this probably ties back to some of the social justice stuff that we've talked about in here and, and things that I've learned slash am learning, but it does sort of put into question how well the system has worked overall, right? Like how how much of this, yeah, there were points where for certain parts of the population, it worked a lot better, you know, yeah. and, you know, our privilege as white people or mine as a, you know, white cis male took me even further. But it's something where, and it's still very much at play today, to be clear. But it's something where I think even when this was working better for certain groups, it was always inherently flawed. It was there was always, you know, and people use that term, you know, they refer to what's happening now as like late stage capitalism. Whether you're yeah. for or against capitalism, I'm not saying you should or shouldn't be, but there is a sense of like there's been this has been a trajectory, this has been a, a story. And we're approaching the end of that story or we're in the final set of chapters of it, right? Like not that it's going to end tomorrow or next year, but like we're seeing this continuously unravel. And I found to, to, for me to bring it back to the, to the family conversation I was having Mm -hmm. recently, um, you know, we actually pointed out as we're talking about it, I was like, you know, well, I I think I even, I maybe even use that term, but I was like, this is what I see this being reflective of. And regardless of whether you're Democrat, Republican, whatever your political views, you have to acknowledge that what is currently happening is not sustainable. Regardless of who you voted for or whatever, this is not sustainable. And 
the response I got was, well, you know, kind of seeing this as sort of like a repeat of previous social upheaval. And the one example that was brought up to me was, well, you know, we saw this in the 60s and 70s. We saw a lot of, you know, social unrest and people are unhappy with the economy, da, da, da. And I'm like, well, that's interesting you say that because I don't see it as being, you know, a repeat of, you know, the hippie revolution. I, I see it as this is the fall of the Roman Empire. Like, I, so my, my, my framework of like, even where I historically is very different than this person I was talking to. You know, mm-hmm. and, and I heard what he was saying. Like, it, it, you know, like I could see where he was drawing that conclusion from his level of comfort as somebody, you know, this person's in their 60s, you know, somebody, you know, who's much older, who the experience of this is very different. I'm like, no, 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 this isn't, this isn't, you know, like, you know, Nixon time. Like, this is, right. um, no, like, the, the empire is starting to crumble in certain ways. Mm-hmm. And how we address that, how we manage that, navigate that, you know, that's the big question right now so it was just interesting to see that again that kind of disconnect in how we were experiencing viewing this and i think to your point like Mm -hmm. this is just getting worse and our clients are feeling it and and we've talked about this in here before too but then what are we like i have clients that are like so like what do i do i'm I'm acknowledging it's not my fault i'm challenging (laughs) the narratives that it's not my fault i'm challenging the shame that's around all which that's a big piece of it too right like getting clients because clients do like we do blame ourselves we do engage Mm -hmm. in shame based narratives and um you know and there's lots of sources for that but uh once we're addressing that then i have clients that are like okay but i'm still broke Mm -hmm. i'm still working you know full time and a half and I'm still doing all these things and I'm paying all my bills and I maintain my car and all the things that you said, I'm like, they're, they're checking the boxes, right? All the things that mommy and daddy taught me to do. Mm -hmm. Um, and saddling my, my student loans and I have, you know, prepared to pay that when they kick in, whatever they're doing all the things and they still can't recall. I have a client right now who has like perfect credit. And they're not getting qualified for a house. Like they're not getting oh, qualified yeah. for a down for like to be able to to. Mm-hmm. It's just like yeah, they're still not able to to level up. You know, mm-hmm. and yeah, so yeah, it, it that is that's it. Yeah. Really cheery, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Great way to jump back into the podcast. <laughs> where I'm, you know, I'm there with the client and I'm, you know, we're mm. like challenging all the shame. We're identifying it's not our fault. Like, oh, you know, we're doing it all. And they turn around and say, like, okay, well, how, what do I do? How do I, how do I get there? And there's almost that just like po- the powerlessness, I guess, of like, mm. dude, I don't know. Like, yeah. I haven't figured it out. Yeah. Yes. And then kind of sitting with that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. I know one way I've, I've come at it. Um, and, and yeah, I think part of it is just acknowledging that there, that there isn't a clear answer, you know, that mm-hmm. there's not anything we can do in therapy to fix this issue. All, you know, all, all of that. I, part of it though, I know has been, um, you know, finding healthy slash uh, balance ways. Cause I say that just because you could certainly, I mean, people do, you know, go in dysfunctional directions with this. Um, but finding things that are a bit distracting, Right. It's like, all right, you're doing all the things you're, yeah. you're, you're again, doing all the things you can to address this. Right. 
there's not a clear answer or clear solution as to the as to the, the the loose ends or barriers that are at play. And obviously we'll keep talking about that. But yeah, what are you doing in your day-to-day to mm-hmm. disconnect, to look mm-hmm. away? And I think there is a sort of acceptance component to this too, but being careful with that aid to not, to not be invalidating, but also that to a degree, this should elicit a response, right? It's like, mm-hmm. this is upsetting that this is what, mm-hmm. you know, we've been handed, right? We've, we were handed this rule book and this, this game that we're supposed to play and you're doing it and it's not playing out the way that it was supposed to or the way that the instructions right. said. So it's like, that is important and, and healthy to have that response. And at the same time, is there a level of acceptance we can find that this is where things are at right now and that mm-hmm. they will continue to shift and we'll see where it goes. But then, and then on top of that, is there a way to disconnect to, you know, and yeah, maybe that's, you know, again, I have some, again, this is one example. I have some clients that they have a weekly routine around gaming, right? They game with their partner, with their social network and they yep. game and that's where they get into a flow and they can just turn off from it for a little bit. Um, yep. Again, not an end all be all. Obviously, you know, people do that in various ways that can become harmful, but there's a certain level of being able to disconnect that I think is okay. Mm-hmm. And that can be balanced with a mindful, present acceptance approach too, which can help, but still not an end all be all, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, at, you know, and in terms of therapy, that is, I think, okay, because therapy is not meant to be a, a quick fix. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's hard. It's hard because these are very real issues and there isn't, there really isn't any quick solution to that for people. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the powerlessness. Yes. The power, the lack of control that we have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I know we are probably approaching our time. Actually, yeah, I think we def- definitely yeah, bring over our time. Sure. The <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this is where we're at at the end of the year, it looks like. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny. Yeah, here we are. Here we are. And we didn't even get into the the trifecta of viruses and dealing with the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a doozy. It has. It has. And I think if it makes sense, I think we will come back to some of that. Definitely we can talk. Because I know I'm working with clients too through some of the, okay, we're entering year three, four of pandemic stuff and it's at a different place. And, you know, yeah, there's been some positive shifts and developments but there's also been things that have you know not been obviously good about that and it's still here um so we can come back to that as well i think that's a great idea yeah among other things Mm -hmm. sounds like a plan sounds good we'll get back into our routine um yes we're here now we're here all right that sounds good (laughs) thank you emma thank you so much i'll talk to you later talk soon